All securities through Money Concepts Corporation, member FINRA SIPC. Sutherland Wealth Partners is an independent firm not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. And no opinions expressed in this podcast should be taken as a recommendation or advice. We want to welcome everybody to the first episode of the Weekend Windup. Uh, my name is Ray Albertini. I'm a financial advisor here at Sutherland Wealth Partners, and I'm with Craig Sutherland, the one and only president of <laughs> Sutherland Wealth Partners. And today we just wanted to talk about kind of what's gone on this past week uh, in markets and the economy in general, and then we're also going to get into a little more of a inspirational uh, life concepts that you can hopefully implement into your daily life or you know you, t- you tell your family about it you tell your friends about it and hopefully you can just have a positive impact in general about throughout your life and we're going to go from there so we're going to get right into it and the big news this week is in the markets is Walgreens is replacing GE General Electric in the Dow Jones and first, why don't, Craig, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit, what is the Dow? What does it mean? Um, what does that mean for the markets? Right. As a lot of people may or may not know, there's different indexes that track various investments or groups. And, you know, people are always quoting, like, what's the market doing? Well, typically the market, as they refer to, is the Dow. And it's a component made up of 30 different stocks over a couple of different areas and really the crux of the Dow was to really give a gauge on the breadth of the economy and the health of it more or less. And this week was certainly interesting news as you already mentioned about Walgreens replacing General Electric. I mean General Electric was in the Dow for over a hundred years and to have something as a stalwart company like that now being removed Uh, It certainly isn't uncommon, but that is a household name that's been around as long as mom and dad, grandma and grandpa can remember. So, you know, from from a standpoint of, I guess you would say shock, it was a little shocking to me, but it speaks, I think, to a bigger bigger issue of what's going on in our economy. So GE, General Electric, one of the most well-known companies probably in American, if not the world history, Um, what are some other companies that are in the Dow? I mean, you have various technology companies, transports, uh, you know, you have airlines. So it really speaks to a lot of different areas of the economy, uh, as I already said. But I I think that what I wanted to focus on with General Electric is why, you know, the stock price has suffered. But again, why did that happen? And I think it speaks to the change in our economy. Because I think over the last 50, 60 years, you've seen a tremendous shift from being a manufacturing economy to more of a service industry. And, you know, people always have their opinion on what happened to General Electric, but I think that they had an identity crisis because they kind of got away from their core business over the last 50 or 60 years, got into finance and some areas that ultimately probably weren't in their best interest. But again, to be replaced by a Walgreens or any other company like that speaks to the sea change that we're seeing from consumers and what they want to buy and how they want to position their dollars. So do you think 
going forward because the American economy is changing, do you think we could see other companies be removed from the Dow? I actually did a little research before we uh, started recording today and saw that Pfizer mm-hmm. was the lowest priced uh, stock that's in the index right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know what their market cap is, but do you think as maybe some of these, like we said, more blue chip companies start to maybe stretch themselves too thin, we can see more replacement. Yeah, I, I think not only in the Dow, but also uh, in the S&P and also in the NASDAQ. Uh, you know, again, these are all different cap weighted indexes like the S&P and NASDAQ, so every company is not equally weighted. But certainly you're just seeing a surgence of technology advancements and just look like with Google, you know, Amazon, I mean, Amazon is a complete phenomenon. It's not only changing, you know, its, its core business, but I think that it's ultimately going to touch every business around and in areas that we wouldn't even believe. So, yeah, I think that as the world changes and the economy changes, certainly the stock market's going to reflect that and who's included and who's not in these indexes is something to keep an eye on. So when you say cap weighted, what do you, what do you mean for the listeners so they can maybe understand a little bit better? how the index measures, what do you mean when you mean cap weighted? Okay, so let's say you're talking about the S&P 500 and you have 500 stocks in the index. Number one has a greater weighting than number 500, which means the percentage of inclusion in that index is significantly greater than one versus 500. So it's not, you don't have one 500th of a stock in each one of those. So that's where an index can go up or down uh, maybe a little more volatile based on how the top weightings are with inside of that index. So, so for example, Apple is going to have a much greater impact than a company um, like 3M would. Correct. So Correct. if Apple is moving quite a bit throughout the day, the index is also most likely going to be moving quite a bit. Correct. Correct. Do you think this is they're going to adapt quick enough to keep the Dow and the S&P or even the NASDAQ as a good indicator of what the economy is doing? Or do you think that the markets move so fast now that they're not gonna be able to keep up and it's going to change over time? Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think that the, the people who make up the indexes are really looking to you know, change it and shuffle it you know, on, on a relative basis. I think that they're looking for stability in the market and good solid companies with long track records uh, to be really the test and the measuring stick for for the markets. So again, you look at GE was in the index for you know over a hundred years, but I think that it certainly ran its course. And the indexes now have to reflect real leadership and real areas of where we are now, because some of the things they were leading previously may not be the things that are going to lead us going forward. Well, going along the time and change, uh, Tesla, one of the biggest innovators, changers, whatever you want to call them, just had another pretty big news headline that mm-hmm. is starting to make waves. And I, I, I believe that it actually may turn into a case that's going to be heard by Supreme Court and it may have some impact on the congressional floor. But Tesla had a employee or former employee that was just accused of altering the algorithms inside their machines and computers that interact with self-driving cars and this is something that i've never thought of personally until now but i guess it's been a big 
uh, caution for Congress when dealing with self-driving cars that the a hacker could have the ability to alter the algorithms potentially leading to an accident right and I guess my question for you would be you know do you think this is more not maybe not as much of a market question but do you think self-driving cars will ever catch on when like I said I never thought of this before until I saw the headline yeah, you know, I'm going to probably date myself here, but, you know, I'm 51 years old. I remember when I was little watching the cartoon show The Jetsons, which, you know, was everybody had these little space houses and had the uh, self-driving cars that would pick you up, take you wherever you wanted to go. I mean, it certainly was way ahead of its time, and I thought, how cool would that be? But then you bring up the point of somebody could hack a system and take control of a car that you're sitting in the back seat and crash it. So, you know, I... I I would certainly like to think that, yeah, it's going to be something in our future, but I certainly would not want to be part of the beta testing to be the first one in the car. I can tell you that. But, you know, we're just going to, you know, the rule of efficiency anyways, really in the world is not just with markets or, I mean, look how you shop nowadays. And we mentioned Amazon before, uh, you know, the brick and mortar stores, unless it's really a specialty that you want to go and have a great experience at they're really kind of going the way of the dinosaur because people want, you know, they want it now, they want it fast, uh, and same way with transportation. You know, a lot of people are going to want to take trains, they're going to want to take things where they don't have to drive. So, yeah, I think there's a place for it, but uh, I still think there's a, a, a long way to go. I know personally, just this may be more a, a guy thing, I like driving. Mm -hmm. I don't think I could ever give up completely the ability to drive and have, you know, a computer completely driving for me because right. it's a thing, you know, it's, it's, it's a you time. It's a, I get to listen to my music. I get to listen mm -hmm. to my talk radio. I get to listen to my sports, whatever it may be. It's kind of a, in a world where all we hear now is, you know, information and headlines and news stories and everything's changing. Earth's on fire. Right. <laughs> it's, it's a time where actually you can really, I almost want to say disconnect mm -hmm. and just drive. I right. think that's a very underappreciated ability that we have and people don't realize that until it's gone. Right. So I think maybe we'll see self-driving cars in the maybe like Uber or you know ta taxis, <laughs> Uber or Lyft maybe more prone to use the self-driving cars cuz then it might lower their costs because they don't have to pay as many employees right. uh, as drivers. And I think the self-driving cars could be good then. But now also I'm always going to have this headline in the back of my head if I'm in a self-driving car. What if this computer messes up? And, right. <laughs> I mean, we're in financial services and money management, but insurance companies yeah. are going to have to completely adapt and change to how you can't sue a computer. Right. That's right. What do, you, what do you think they could do in that case? Yeah, I, you know, I, I wrap my head around the fact that you can get in a car and just like with Google Maps or whatever you want to do, it'll tell you where to go and that, that's a great thing. But what it doesn't atone for is what's around you. What are other cars who still have the human error, who are a lot of people still text on their phones and what if they accidentally lean over and or, or come over in a lane and hit you in a self-driving car? Is it going to sense that? What is it going to do? I mean, if people can figure that out, then yeah, that is going to be some amazing technology. But again, to your point, when you're dealing with technology, technologies have flaws or can be hacked. And so 
I think it's a great uh, debate of whether it's good or bad, and I think it's going to be a really interesting show to see these people battle out to see who's going to be first at the table with it. That's going to be just really interesting to see moving forward. And mm-hmm. I mean, Tesla is a show in itself. You know, they're doing everything from batteries, cars, solar panels, so rockets. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, Elon has his sideshow of called the Boring Company with the flamethrowers and right. everything like that. So that'll be really interesting to watch going forward and just see. I remember years ago they were saying, you know, we'd have flying cars by 2020. Well, now 2020 is only two years away. Right. Are going to have flying cars or who knows? You know, it's the same thing, just just real quick, what you were talking about with, with Elon Musk. I mean, a lot of people think he's a complete whack job and he's he's out there, but same, they said the same thing about Richard Branson and some of the what they thought was harebrained ideas that he did. Yeah. And But you need great innovators like that. But I think that what you're going to see there is with the great innovators and innovations, you're going to need not only capital formation around that, but you're also going to need people who can apply it and put it together. And I think that's where the greatness of what is to come is going to ultimately show the world. Yeah. So, you know, you, you don't want to laugh too much. It's, you know... Launching rockets off of boats and the things that he's done, but I think that there comes a point when you get the right team and the right things together, is that's when when real growth and, and real special things happen. The Snapchat CEO was just on, I forget what show it was, but he was just on a, a talk show and he was saying that they were discussing how Facebook's algorithms now block Snapchat from doing some sort of advertising or whatever it may be. It's a little over over my head, but he made a comment that the innovators will always win in the end. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's a pretty telling yeah. quote. But you're also a bit of a innovator yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've been a financial planner for many, many years now, but you also are somewhat a life coach. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, they go hand in hand and people might not always realize that. Uh, from the first day that I met you, you've taught me about a lot about just life and how to handle different situations and how to teach that to other people. So today I wanted to talk a little bit about your plus one mm-hmm. ideology. Yeah. Uh, I know there's other people who there's other people who talk about plus one, but you have a unique way of um, presenting it, I guess you could say. So sure. why don't you just say how that maybe started? what it is a little bit and how you implement that in your life even. Yeah, you know, I appreciate kind of setting the table for that as well because it's something that I think is very, very passionate to me because I've actually been living it my whole life. I've been uh, under the great tutelage of a wonderful mother and father who really just taught me great things in the world. had nothing to do with money. It just talked about how to improve as a person. And I think that the common mistake that we as individuals make is we all want to get ahead. We all want to do great things. And with that, we think that we have to do more. We have to create the bigger, the the brightest, the the flashiest. It has to be something so over the top because you have to outpace somebody else. And that's really counter to what the truth is. And so when I did some, some deep digging, I found a couple of things. Number one, I believe that every single person, regardless of who you are, where you're at, what you do, where you came from, where you're going, have three things. You want to be loved, accepted, and appreciated. Okay? And whether you like it or don't like it, that's factory installed. That is what comes with you when you're born. So knowing that you are 
desire to be loved, accepted, and appreciated, how then do you connect with people and how do you have a better life? And so my plus one concept was finding one thing. And so I asked the, the proverbial question to people is, at what temperature does water boil? And because I always try to at least give people a great factoid and they kind of scratch their head and say, I don't know. And I tell them it's 212 degrees. And so I did this with you, yeah. I remember. And I, you know, said, what happens at 211? The answer is nothing. You have a lot of hot water. Conversely, what happens at, you know, 33 degrees? Nothing. You have cold water. But at 32 degrees, it freezes. It freezes. So it actually changes its composition to freezing or to boiling. It was that one degree. It was that one small thing that actually changed its composition, changed its use. And so what if you were able to do that as a person that each and every day you try to find one small little tweak in your life to change personally, professionally, spiritually, mentally, however you wanted to attack it, that would move you forward to have a better life. And imagine if you did that each and every day of every day of your life moving forward, how would your life look? It would be amazing. So it's not about big things. It's about very, very small things done consistently over a long period of time. So how would you tell someone, because as we were talking, ironically, as we were talking about earlier, the world moves so fast now. You know, yeah. you feel like we wake up, you have to take a shower, you gotta eat breakfast, you gotta get to work, you go through the motions of work, and then you go home, you work out, maybe you eat dinner, you go to sleep, and you do it again. <laughs> how would you how would you tell someone who is stuck in that race right now yeah. to start implementing something like this? The very first thing, and that's a great question, by the way, because even myself, I get caught in that rut too, because I ask the same question, how many hours do we have in a day? It's 24. None of us have any more time. It's, but some of it seems, some people seem like they use time much more efficiently and why is that? And that's kind of the secret to how people get ahead. Uh, the very first thing I would tell them to is every day do a gratitude check, especially, and I mean especially when you're having a worse day, a miserable day, and you're down. You always have something to be grateful for. And so I think that's one way to keep you out of what I call the gap but to keep you focused. The second thing, and I think the most important thing, this is, this is the secret sauce, if you would, to really achieving plus one, is you need to focus on what you want. Don't focus on what you don't want. People say all the time, I don't want to be broke. They focus on so much that I don't want to be broke. And they're always going to be broke. Because subconsciously, you have your conscious, which tells you what you want, but your subconscious is what carries it out. So if all you do is focus on what you don't want, I don't want to be overweight. You know, they obsess about not being overweight. So what do they do? They're constantly stressed. They go on binge eating. Yeah, and they're overweight. So flipping the switch and focusing on what you want and really be centric on that as opposed to focusing on what I don't want, do that and you just watch how much your life changes and focus on what is one thing I can do today to not only make my life better, but really focus on other people because I truly believe that the more you focus on other people first, it's the, the more you give, the more you get concept. Do you think a, a big key uh, to maybe starting to see the results of this, we don't have any scientific evidence on this or anything, but do you think it could be less social media use? Um, because social media, what it causes us to do, this is, studies have shown this, is it teaches us to compare what we have to what someone else has had, to what someone else has, right. and then all we think about is what we don't have in comparison to 
those other people whose lives look like they're absolutely great. And it's, it's starting to have people lead a more materialized life compared to valuing your relationships and your friendships and your connections. Right. No, I, I, I think that's, that's a great point. I mean, you look at some of the most successful people, some of those wealthiest people in history from business, they weren't born into it. Uh, basketball players, football players, they, they were some, some of your all time greats. Uh, didn't grow up in palaces. They didn't have silver spoons. I mean, they learned that secret right away because they had to. They, they could have chosen to focus on what they didn't want as opposed to flipping that script again and saying, this is what I want to be. I am going to be this. I am going to do this. And it was undeniable that they were going to get to that particular point. They put uh, pictures up of, of things that they aspired to be, quotes, everything that they did. They surrounded themselves with very positive people and influences thoughts and made a direct path to go after what they want. And I think you probably hit the nail on the head. We live fortunately and unfortunately in a social media world. We have so much access to information, good and bad, that we're flooded with it. And again, depending on what you're looking for and how you want to interpret it, it could be a really good thing, but it could be damaging. And so you really have to understand how do those types of influences align with what you want. And you need to make a choice again. Do I want to listen to this and internalize this? Or do I want to put that in my trash can and put it away forever? So we've, I think we've had this conversation before and even in this conversation now. And the concept of plus one, one of the things about it is we haven't said one thing currently about religion, politics, mm -hmm. race, uh, gender. and But you're someone who just finished their education career, their schooling, you're not taught this in school. Right. What you're taught in school is how to study for a test, <laughs> how to do better than the person sitting next to you, right. and your grade is all that matters. And then once you graduate, or you know, whenever you're done with your schooling and you go into the real world, in quotations, there's, I know I personally felt, which I, I'm starting to work at it now, is you feel a little lost. You feel, you know, I don't have this sense of purpose maybe completely that I used to where I always have to study for a test and I have to get the best grade. Do you think that school would be a good place? Maybe, you know, senior year in high schools mm -hmm. or colleges require a course that really focus on, I almost want to say mental health. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it leads to because school can cause a lot of mental health issues. And you, would you think, you know, implementing a plus one or implementing just more positive thinking those years, you know, your senior year of high school, your end of college, what that could do to, for just the population in general. Oh, yeah. I, I would love to teach a course, uh, something called like human positioning. You know, how do you take your things? Because we all know, which is fact, it's undeniable of wanting to be loved, accepted, and appreciated. So if everybody in the world is like that, why would you not figure out how to take the best of you, the best of how you want to connect? in your love, acceptance, appreciation, and go find several billion other people out in the world that you can connect with in that particular way. That's not competition. That's just being unique and finding where you're going to shine. You're not going to connect with every single person. But when you look at economic drivers, I mean, we're in the business of, of financial planning and wealth management and the rest of that. That's what we do, but that's not who we are. And you and I have had a lot of talk about that and a lot of talks with the team about that. You know, my grandfather, who was 
probably one of my greatest mentors told me at a very, very young age, I think it was like at age five, that what you are speaks so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying. Let me repeat that because I think that's very important. What you are speaks so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying, meaning the way you conduct yourself and the way that you, you connect with people, it doesn't matter what you sell or what you do. That's what you should be wanting to be known for. And your economic driver in that will be a reflection of the good that you do in other people's lives. That's it. Money is just a medium of exchange, but how people get ahead and have a better life is how you influence people in a positive way to make their life better. So first I want to say thank you for, you know, sitting down and explaining that to me again and just for the <laughs> listeners. Uh, I hope this, for people who are listening, I hope this can give you some momentum to go into your weekend and really, you know, maybe tomorrow or Sunday, whatever day it is, you take five minutes and say, hmm, you know, what do I have in my life? What do I love in my life? You know, I have, I have my health, I have my family, I have my friends, and you have to enjoy those and start focusing on much of the positives instead of, you know, you're scrolling through Twitter and you see politics and war and everything and realize that there is still a lot of good in the world. So that is what we hope that you're going to get from this. Uh, we want this to be educational. We want this to be inspirational, motivational. Uh, we would love if you guys ever reached out to us with any questions you have, if you want to find out more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Craig and I will probably be the most common people that you're going to hear from <laughs> on the, the weekend windup, but we're also going to have uh, different interviews with some of our coworkers and colleagues and friends and public figures uh, around the Columbus area and maybe even spread that a little bit wider. So I hope you guys really enjoyed this first episode and you can be on the lookout for another one next week. securities through Money Concepts Corporation, member FINRA SIPC. Sutherland Wealth Partners is an independent firm not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. And no opinions expressed in this podcast should be taken as a recommendation or advice.